and welcome to another episode of Small Talk, Small Government with Deb and Bill. Hey, Bill. Hello. Hello. We are on episode seven. We have decided that we're going to talk about January 6th today. Um, we've decided that this was a timely topic to bring up because we have found that uh, at least one person who was uh, charged with um, crimes on that day has been acquitted. Ah, okay. So, if that's the case, then, you know, maybe it's time to uh, dig into it a little bit and see, you know, could it maybe have been a little bit of nonsense? Could we maybe be uh, sold something that's not necessarily fully true? At least in a court of law, it's been determined that it is not necessarily true that this was a, quote, violent insurrection of people into the Capitol. Interesting. That's not necessarily what we've been told over the past year. Indeed. So I think, you know, we'll start out, we've got all kinds of material, Bill, as usual, you do a great job with, with real, um, real reporting and investigating, <laughs> do, do great research. I, I, I like to make an outline, is pretty much all it comes down to. <laughs> just, uh, you know, I, I, th- this is this, a topic that is kind of like near and dear to me because uh, I was there on that day. So I'll say a little bit about what my experience there that day was, and then we'll kind of dig into a little bit of what we've found you know, uh, supporting the event. So I, um, right after November 3rd, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. next Saturday, which was November 10th, I think, mm-hmm. there was uh, a- another, like an impromptu demonstration in D.C., and I went to that, mm-hmm. and, and I, I really enjoyed it. You know, it was, um, you know, a lot of, a couple of great speakers, a great feeling of camaraderie. We were all together. We all, you know... It, in our minds, and you know, and I say that because it hasn't been necessarily proven yet, at least not at higher levels. But you know, um, in in the opinions of anybody who's been following what happened on that election night, we're all pretty darn certain that uh, something was awry. So it felt good to be in that crowd of people, people who get it, people who are willing to do something about it, etc. So from that, um, when I started to realize that there was going to be another demonstration going on January 6th, I was all about going. I wanted to be able to show my support. Mm-hmm. And um, so I did go that day. And it was interesting because, um, you know, massive crowds, huge crowds. Um, I was there listening to the president speak and the speech is going on and on. That previous weekend, he had just had a rally somewhere. So a lot of the information he was going over during this speech, I had already heard because I listened to that rally as well. You yeah, know? yeah. So I'm getting kind of like, you know, a little antsy and, you know, just listening to the same old thing. I know that everybody is going to be marching over to um, the Capitol. So um, I'm, you know, just sitting there taking it all in. The interesting thing about the event was... There were a couple, a good handful of people like walking around in tactical gear, like decked out, you know, with walkie talkies, helmets on, the vests, everything, you know, and they're like walking around in the crowd. And one of them was standing right next to me as I'm listening to this speech. Hmm. And he says in his little walkie talkie on his on his shoulder, you know, he's like, yep, uh, it looks like he's wrapping up the speech right about now. And he's talking like this, you know, so then I'm kind of like, you know, I'm there with my husband. I'm like, well, you know. We've already heard all of this information. Maybe we should start making our way over. So we did. And then and in doing so, you know, we're starting to see more of these people that are dressed in this way. I didn't really know what to think of it, you know. But when we got to the Capitol, there wasn't anything in the way. You know, no no barricades, no nothing telling us that we couldn't go. And people were like, you know, steady flowing into this area. There's a guy 
up on a, uh, you know, um, what do you, what do you, uh, scaffolding. Yeah. And he's like, with this bullhorn, he's like, pull forward, come forward, come forward. And he's like yelling. And, you know, so people are like making their way kind of like almost hesitantly to the steps just about, you know? Oh, really? I, I didn't get that close because I'm, you know, I, I didn't want to get involved in the whole melee of it all. But then there's this other guy walking around. And he just kind of casually stood next to me as if to incite some emotional response from me and says, yeah, uh, Pence just called it. It's all over with. And, and I'm like, oh, really? And like nobody, I, I didn't even have any like cell phone coverage or anything. I, I couldn't have even looked up anything if I wanted to. But mm -hmm. I thought, how does this guy know what's going on? You know, so I just kind of like, I mean, I, I stood there in total disbelief because it was disappointing to me, you know, that we, we really, we were there thinking that we were going to be able to affect some kind of change. And, and, you know, to hear that that wasn't going to happen was very disappointing to me again, because I truly believe, I think something went wrong, you know, and I <laughs> wanted to be looked into. So anyway, that was the end of that. Then all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're like throwing smoke bombs or something is going on. And this one guy came over to the area that we were at and he like dropped down on his knees and he was kind of like hunched over, you know, I'm so naive and you know, about the whole thing. I'm, I thought the guy was like saying a prayer or something. I thought there was something wrong with him, you know? So anyway, long story short, we're just like standing there in in kind of like disbelief, just wondering. Okay, well now what? Mm. If if the thing has been called and there's no gonna there, there's there's no um, investigating, no looking into it, um, no decertification or anything like that, then what do we do? And then all of a sudden, you could see you know up on the Capitol some people running along the side of the building. They had gotten up the the steps and and they were oh. and, and so we just looked at that and we said, okay, we got to get out of here. This isn't going to end well. Mm -hmm. And and we left at that point so it was really it was very surreal especially because now that um you know I, I and i came home that night and there were a couple of people out of our social circle that did reach out to me and like you know nicely wondering like are you okay we saw some crazy stuff happen today and it looks like you posted that you were there you know and and i i remember saying very clearly to to one person who reached out to me i said you know wouldn't it really be something if we found out that um, there was more to this and it was really a big setup to make us look bad and to divide us a little bit more and to marginalize this, you know, group of people. And, and I think that's exactly what we have found now, you know, uh, a year and some change later, court cases have come out, mm -hmm. et cetera, you know, and I, it, it, it's not a hard leap for me to make. I was there and I saw it and I know what this government is doing also because I've been paying attention to these things over the past several years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not a hard jump for me to believe that the government would set something like that up in order to demonize a group of people and, and, and cause this thing to go on like this and, you know, grow legs and be out of control. Yeah. So, you know, all that, that to say, um, you know, we start out here and Bill, you know, I don't know if you want to say anything about your thoughts of that day or... Oh well, my my uh, my experience there was uh, <laughs> quite boring compared to uh, compared to yours. I was uh, you know sitting here at this table in the chair that you're sitting in, just mm -hmm. watching it. I think it was, I want to say it was around lunchtime because it seems like I was having lunch about then, and uh, you know just watching the live stream of the speech and everything, and mm -hmm. and then um, you know kept that up throughout the afternoon and saw that you know stuff was happening and 
it didn't look good, but it didn't look like it was rising to the level like we were told that it's mm-hmm. you know massive insurrection and everything like that. You know, there was it, it. It seemed to me that there was there was bad behavior, um, people getting out of hand mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. But um, um, from from the outside and from you know just the just the coverage, I could see it didn't look like yeah like that bad. You know, it was it was uh, it was not good, but it wasn't. Um, you know, they've definitely like, you know, pumped it up to be some, you know, massively scary, horrible event. And that's why I say yeah. that, like, to me, you know, those people that were in their weird tactical gear, that was odd and scary to me. Yeah. And, and I didn't understand what that was about. And, you know, I mean, and, and, and when it was happening, I'm like, are these people like, are they security? What are, I don't know what they could be. And then when they started taking, when they, when they were, um, releasing pictures of people inside the Capitol, those very guys that were dressed in all their tactical gear are, like, hanging from the rafters and stuff inside the building. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, again, like, who are these people? And I'm, and I'm sorry to say that, like, the only time I've ever seen people dressed like that, it's been Antifa. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, that's why I started to put it together in my mind. I'm thinking, okay, it seems like there were some, like, agitators and maybe some people here that were not part of us. You know, because it's just, like I said, I had been to events before Mm -hmm. and, you know, and and it it really, it was, some of the people who were there were a little uncharacteristic of what I had seen myself. So again, it didn't, it didn't, wasn't a lot to convince me that that could very well have been happening. So when you have tens of thousands of people like that, then um, you could easily put in some of these people, you know, the outside people in there to blend in or, Mm -hmm. or maybe perhaps not blend in, have the tactical gear and everything like that and, and start something. Um, in a public manner, right? And uh, you know, as but we that's get just it, speculation. I mean, who yeah, knows? exactly. But it you know, been proven right, yet. right. And as you get into it, or though, disproven. exactly. But when when you do get into it, and you dig into some of the details and and all like that. You know, some of the people that have been cited, um, you know, and identified as part of the group. You know, th- th- there are like uh, paid agitators, and mm-hmm. there are people who do this kind of thing for a living. You know, I mean, and we we've seen this kind of footage. For instance, there were. Um, some of the stuff going on in the in the summer riots in 2020 and all like that, you can see the way, and I don't want to get off on a tangent because it's, you know, it might not be relevant to this, but like, for example, I remember one time watching a video where um, they, they were explaining the way you could see that these agitators were working together. And so oh. like, you know, one of them would like bust a car window and then the next one would come in and would insert something into it and then somebody else would come and get on top. But they were like, you know coordinated with each other they knew like you know the timing of things and when to get out of the way and all that Mm -hmm. kind of it was just you know very it it really is like it's a it's almost like a profession or you know a a very uh well thought out hobby that people have to to do these kinds of things but you know anyway that's something that you know folks can look into on their own if you want but you know let's start out by talking about the definition of insurrection and i think this is important because again like in my opinion and and the opinion of of others many um the insurrection there's been an insurrection but it wasn't january 6th it was that previous november 3rd yeah and so the definition of an insurrection is an organized attempt by a group of people to defeat their government and take control of their country usually by violence usually and in the case of uh, the January 6th event, nobody was found to be armed. Nobody. Mm-hmm. Nobody has been found to be armed. And that's something I don't know if people are aware of or not, but that's an actual fact. Nobody was armed. 
Yeah, and it, in which case that would be just an awful insurrection. These insurrectionists were she very showed up with planned. nothing. Yeah, yeah you know, which is. <laughs> Yeah, you know, they they planned it poorly. They executed it poorly. Yeah, you know, but the, the way the the corporate media wanted to put that out, they're like, "Oh yes, tens of thousands of violent armed protesters stormed the Capitol," and you know, and that that didn't actually happen. But they want to gin up this crazy fear, and you know, and 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 we'll get into it a little bit further on in the notes. But you know, the fact that the FBI. Um, the, the head of the FBI, Chris Ray, came out and called it an act of domestic terror that absolutely is done quite on purpose mm-hmm. because that him saying that from his position is what allows the bureaucracy to take over and target its own internal citizens. Yeah, and all it has part a lot of the of, Patriot Act. Yeah, it has a lot of weight when the head of the FBI says something like that. Yeah. So talk a little bit about, you know, I mentioned that there went, you know, being there, there were no barricades, nothing in the way that would indicate you couldn't walk right up in there. Um, so yeah, go and that ahead. was something that was surprising to me, um, you know, having just seen it from the, you know, from an outsider's perspective, not actually being there. Um, I kept hearing all these people were, you know, entering illegally and everything. And I thought, well, that's kind of strange that, um, you know, what defines entering illegally? Mm-hmm. Uh, was and there, why like, would anybody knowingly do that? Why yeah, would anybody yeah. knowingly do that? But um, uh, we'll get into into a, in a little bit later about um, about how this might have happened. But um, but all the barricades, the fencing, the signage uh, that indicated that it was a restricted area, um, all that was removed about 20 minutes before Trump's speech was finished. Um, it almost looked like there. Uh, it was removed by by an advanced team over yes. there of you know all coordinated. Um, they were. It seemed like they were pre-positioned. They were uh, previously assigned to do this work. You know, you mm-hmm. take down this, you do this, and and they all work together. Um, doing their doing their little jobs. Yeah, and and that was something that you you've been able to see with mm-hmm. the footage that has been released. Yeah. So of the footage, you know, some of which has been released. You know, I, I have seen other videos where you know, yes, a police officer is moving a fence out of the way. A police officer is beckoning people in to yeah. that very area. Right, and these people haven't been identified who were who were who were there removing the signs and the and the fencing and everything they haven't been identified they haven't been charged and therefore on the path between where Trump was speaking and um, and the Capitol steps if you were to walk down that street there and go to the Capitol steps then you wouldn't realize that you had passed through what was you know 20 minutes earlier a mm-hmm. secure area with mm-hmm. had fencing all around yeah. there there was no indication that yeah. that it was that you were passing through a secure area yeah. and, and, and to, apparently yeah. the apparently the police made no effort uh to um to stop these people yeah and i mean you know and i recognize that they were completely outnumbered but also i i feel like a lot of that is you know it, it almost seems like it's by design um mm-hmm. you know because I, I, you know i think that there was a, a big you know plot beneath it all but yeah i mean when that guy was up on top of the scaffold thing i'm like how is how is he even up there? And <laughs> yeah. who is that? You know, I mean, how can that be allowed? And I mean, and there were police up there, you know, in that in that general area. Like, uh, you know, I, I just it, the whole thing was insane. It really it was a very odd thing to see. Yeah. But um, you know, so of the, so there are fourteen thousand hours of video that has not been released. Um, it, it, Nancy Pelosi and the Capitol Police claim that it would be a national security issue to release it. Yeah. 
Um, Which is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, at least I think it's ridiculous. Well, they, and I mean, certainly, I mean, you know, I, I could accept it if a couple thousand hours, you know, if something like that, you know, I don't know whether there's it. it and so it's possible that, that you know, most of this 14,000 hours could get released. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in in the case of Eric Torrens back in August of 2021, um, he was charged with uh, parading inside the Capitol without a permit. And uh, the judge in that case... Uh, Judge Beryl Howell wanted that video released, released the the portion of the video that pertained to his case released. Mm -hmm. uh, And she said, um, uh, she said, quote, the public has an interest in understanding the the conduct underlying the charges in these cases, as well as the government's prosecutorial decision making, Mm -hmm. both in bringing criminal charges and resolving these charges by entering into plea agreements with the defendants. So she was... She wanted to to get this information out, but the prosecution said that it would uh, compromise the security of the United States Capitol and those who work there. Mm-hmm. And uh, they said the the this footage, when combined with the other footage from nearby cameras, would be used to track individual riders moving through the building, thereby creating a visual pathway, uh, which other bad actors could use in planning the breach point and pathway in future attacks. And on uh, March 17th of 2021, uh, Thomas DeBase, he was a general counsel of the Capitol Police Department, said, quote, our concern is that providing unfettered access to extremely sensitive information to defendants mm-hmm. who have already shown a desire to interfere with the democratic process will be passed on to those who might wish to attack the Capitol again. One of their arguments is it shows different um you know, entrances and areas and parts of the inside of the building that we wouldn't want, you know, to get out and be seen. But I think I noticed in in your notes that um, the judge did say that, you know, there's nothing in here in these videos that I've seen that you wouldn't see on a public tour. So at least we know that there's a good bit of portion of it that could be released without without um, national security implications. But that's what they always hinge back on. Oh, exactly. You know? So, But like you yeah. say, the, the judge said that's just nonsense. Yeah. And really but see, and again, it, it goes to show you that, you know, the narrative is the narrative. Yeah. You know, we must always, these people might do it again. They're trying to, you know, get in the way of democratic processes and, and all these ridiculous things. And there was mm. none of that happening. Yeah. You know, I mean, we, we were exercising what is supposed to be allowed in the democratic process. So the 14,000-hour tape has been made available to two Democrat-controlled congressional committees, the FBI and the D.C. Metro Police Department. Certainly, especially in the case of the FBI, proven itself to be completely partisan at this point. So what has been seen of the tape makes it pretty clear that officers did let people into the building. Like I said, there's, you know, they're, they're moving gates out of the way. They're beckoning people in. Um, and, and that was the reason that Matt Martin has been acquitted we will show a link to that article full of information there. Then there was another guy that was um, the head of the group that was called like Cowboys for Trump or something. His name was mm. Cooey Griffin. Um, he was acquitted on one charge, which was disorderly conduct on Capitol grounds, but he was charged with unlawfully unlawful entering of the area. He never did go inside, mm. but that's what he's been charged with. So, 
Um, you know, in the videos that we've seen, uh, it's also clear that a lot of the protesters are like asking the police officers for help. Like, what's going on here? I, I like, I, I remember the one guy that is very clearly he says, this is our capital here. What are you doing? Come on, do something. Call for backup. Why haven't you called for backup? Mm-hmm. And it just seemed like they were like, unfortunately, just completely impotent in being able to do anything about it at all. And, and it makes you wonder with, with the volume of people that was expected to come that day, Trump had suggested that the, um, the National Guard get involved and be there for backup and that there be um, some additional help to the D.C. Metro Police Department. Mm-hmm. And Pelosi, who, who is the head of them, and Muriel Bowser, neither one of which w- w- t- took it on to, to do those proactive measures. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. So, again, you know, like, why, why did that happen? And why don't they have to be accountable to that? You know, instead, they, they like, you know, filled the area with National Guards people after the event and made it look like some kind of crazy, you know, lockdown situation, treated them terribly in the midst while they were doing it, you know, yeah, having yeah. them sleep in parking garages and stuff. And, yeah, yeah, that was you know, terrible. So it's like, you know, now it's almost, you know, too little too late and you just put on this big massive show. Like, you know, why weren't you willing to do this before? Yeah. You know? So, um, you know, and the videos that have been released show a largely peaceful scene, um, you know, and that that was the thing that, uh, you know, during the speech and everything else, that is the way it was. They were, you know, giant American flags that they were doing like the parachute type thing with <laughs> yeah. and you were able to walk under the flag and they're really huge, you know, beach balls flying around and stuff like that. It was a peaceful scene. That was uh that's, it's more evidence of a, a terribly, po- terribly planned insurrection. I've yeah. never seen an insurrection with beach Such balls. Such a violent and, group. Yeah, and, uh, exactly. And joyful times. And yeah. And then they, they do say, I, I see in our notes here, um, at one point in the crypt, there were a whole bunch of people gathered um, a few minutes later, they dispersed or moved on calmly. What about that other part of the, um, the when, when they're on the house floor, mm-hmm. you know, and this guy walks in, he's, he's a police officer, of, you know, or whatever he is there. And he's, I just need you guys to know that this is like the sacred place. Okay. So, I mean, if you could just, you know, not mess with anything in here, I mean, you got horns guy up there <laughs> yeah. taking a picture of himself. And I, I mean, that's insane to me that this guy just, please, you know, don't mess with anything. If you could just, you know, let your friends know that this is a very sacred spot, please. Yeah. Okay. And I've seen similar footage uh, that was released, uh, you know, cell phone footage, not the, not the uh, security footage from the 14,000 hours, but, but cell phone footage of people of the first people inside the building and the and the Capitol Police stopped them and said, hold on, guys, you know, this is like you say, this is a you know important place. Just be peaceful, be yeah. respectful. Yeah. And then everybody turned around and, you know. I guess got on their bullhorns and shouted out the door. Hey, you know, we're, we're you know, just Don't a reminder, in, yeah. just a reminder, you know, let's be peaceful. Let's, you know, let's be calm about this yeah. and everything like that. And, yeah. and uh, I mean, tried, it, they yeah. tried to actively make it a, a uh, you know, respectable uh, time. Yeah. There. I mean, you know, you, 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 to some degree you have to be uh, pretty foolish to be caught up in something like that and think it's okay. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I think I'd be like, eh, Nah, you guys go ahead, you know, <laughs> yeah. which is, you know, what we did. But but it is, you know, you can see where I guess these people are like, oh, well, uh, everything's on the up and up, you know. And, and so at the time, 
you know, I don't, I, you, you could convince yourself almost that, well, are they allowing this because they're completely outnumbered and they're just trying to make it like, you know, as, as least horrible as it can be, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know, but I don't know. And, and the, um, the footage, the security footage from the Capitol has no audio. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's only, it's only just the video. So you don't know exactly what's going on there, mm-hmm. but. And if anybody's people are you know, shuffling along between the ropes, people are yeah. shuffling along between the ropes. Yeah. And, and, and no, you know, there's um, I've seen I don't know whether it's most of the released footage. It's hard to tell because there's not that much out there. I'm assuming I've seen, you know, most of the footage, uh, you know, that I could find out there. And there's, you know, there's some people stopping to take selfies. And, mm-hmm. you know, I saw one guy walking around and, and he picked up what looked like a piece of trash on the floor and. And, you know, people are just kind of wandering around. There's very few people running, very few people dancing yeah. or, or you know, being anything more than just kind of meandering through. I, I'm sure that a lot of people there were kind of just following the crowd because yeah. they've probably never been in there, didn't know the layout. They were just kind of following the following the crowd, staying within the little ropes as they go through the areas and yeah. and everything. And, um, it, it, you know, I would think that... If there were um, evidence out there on tape that proved that this was such a horrible time, you'd think that that would want to that mm-hmm. the powers that be would want that to be out to say, ah, here you go. Yeah. This is this is really bad. Watch this video. Yeah, but- that's a really good point because that that you know damn well that if 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 any <laughs> yeah. bit of those fourteen thousand hours would have proven that, then you know that's what we would be seeing. Yeah, so, exactly, yeah, and that's right. the only thing we'd be seeing. Yeah. But, but mm-hmm. instead, under duress. They've had to release, you know, a few minutes here and a few minutes there of of Capitol Police waving people in. Yeah. I I just feel uh, for anybody having to take on this legal defense. I mean, I can't even imagine the way it would completely turn your life upside down. Oh, it's ridiculous. You know, to have the the full force of the U.S. government against you, it's just scary as hell. But so, yeah, they they call that a big dead, a deadly day. Air quotes. (laughs) Yeah, deadly day. Um, and you know they we 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 were told that multiple people were quote killed by the mob. No one was killed by the mob. No, no, no. One person was killed that day. A Trump supporter, Ashley Babbitt, shot in the chest by a police officer yeah. who was not even in full view upon shooting this woman, this unarmed woman. And, you know, again, when we talk about police violence and things like that, you know, there are certain things that um, you always would investigate a police officer. Yeah. But but not in this case. Not in this case. This guy, you know, guy was completely in the right to be standing behind a door and shoot somebody in the chest. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that, that's a that's a that's a terrible thing to see. And I, I mean, I'm sure everybody has seen it. But I mean, that was. That was rough, and 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 I, uh, let's see. I hope I don't uh, skip around too much. But the reason that I saw any of the Ashley Babbitt footage, it was from that guy Jaden X, mm-hmm. who um, you know he had a very professional looking video with his uh, signature down in the you know lower right corner and everything. You know, quite a so. Uh, and again, he was one of the people who is known to be. Um, you know, whether it be a, a journalist, mm-hmm. he had been at several other, um, you know, Black Lives Matter and different kinds of protests um, uh, that he was known for. He was paid for that video. Um, it, I believe that he was like put on retainer to shoot that video before oh. the event even occurred. So that's just a little bit more evidence into the fact that, um, you know, that, that there were 
folks who were inciting and people who were there for, you know, um, reasons other than just, you know, to protest the election results. Okay, so... But anyway, and even the even the officer uh, who shot Ashley Babbitt, we didn't even know his name for, I don't know, how many months. It was mm-hmm. it was a long time. And mm-hmm. I think the, the family uh, threatened to sue... Uh, the um, uh-huh. the Capitol Police, I think it was for that for whoever it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine? I mean, you know, if if this were a different kind of political yeah. person who was killed, mm-hmm. or a person of a different race who had been killed, how much they would have been all over it. But um, you know, in this case, uh, they 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 didn't come forth with his name for quite some time, and his name is Michael Bird. Um, Michael Bird is uh, really doesn't have the best record as a uh, Capitol Police officer. Um, he once was in trouble for leaving his uh, loaded weapon in a men's room. Hmm. Yeah. So, you know, not really it, just, I mean, that's the kind of behavior that is like so reckless that in, in many branches and depending on who you work for and all that, you know, you could be in some serious trouble for that, but yeah. not him. He works directly for uh, Nancy Pelosi. So um, the other people who d- who did die that day, unfortunately, we had um, a natural causes, a heart attack and a stroke. Um, one of them, they, they, there was one other lady who was killed and they tried to say that it was um, a meth overdose yeah, that yeah. killed this woman. But actually, some of the footage shows that she was a, one of the people who was um, stuck in that tunnel area. Mm-hmm. Um, it appears that she was trampled and also that she was sprayed with some kind of noxious gas by the police. Mm. And um, they dragged her out when she was um, unresponsive and put her in a, in a, in a senator's office um, until paramed- paramedics could uh, be called to the scene for her. And, um, and, and then she was pronounced dead at that time. But, you know, so that was, again, somebody that w- was not killed by the mob of supporters. So um. another person who died that day uh, was, well, well, shortly after was Officer Brian Sicknick. And he was one that they definitely, the, the narrative um, was that he was a police officer killed by Trump supporters, which, of course, is the narrative that they would want, you know? Yeah. Um, so he actually, they, they first they claimed that he was bludgeoned in the head with a fire extinguisher. Um, but that night, he had actually spoken to his brother, didn't mention any of that. You yeah, know? I would and, think that if I were bludgeoned in the head with a fire extinguisher and unconscious, then I would have remembered to mention yeah, that. Yeah, that would be an eventful part of the that day. That would be an yeah. eventful part of the day. He didn't mention that. Nope, didn't mention that. Yeah, and so it turned out, you know, as time went on, it was it was discovered that he actually had a stroke. Um, and, you know, he had a medical history and, and ended up that it, it was a stroke that killed him days after the event. And, um, you know, he still, his death was completely exploited by those who wanted to push that narrative. He was lying in state, mm-hmm, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. and, and that's a massive deal. That's not something that they just do for anyone. And yet, yeah. you know, that, that he, he, that's the way they um, handled his death after. And there was a report that came out afterward admitting, okay, yeah, well, you know, Sorry, he wasn't actually bludgeoned with a fire extinguisher. He did have a stroke. But, you know, we think that maybe there's probably a a lot of reason that you could draw the the parallel between the events of the day and him being caused to have a stroke. So we're not going to completely rescind the story. We're going to leave it out there. 
I think there was a headline in uh, one of the one of the papers, uh, you know, Washington Post, New York Times, or somewhere like that, that said something to the effect of um, uh, the medical examiner's ruling on Brian Sicknick's death as a stroke um, will make it difficult to prosecute anyone for his death, or something like that. Which is that's a yeah. stupid kind of which uh, uh, analysis. that's kind of a, that's kind yeah. of important. I yeah. mean, if, maybe maybe people shouldn't be prosecuted for his death because they didn't cause his death. Exactly. I mean, you know, that yeah. could be a thing. Um, but yeah, two people are in jail, I believe, still for that, keeping that narrative so. going. So um, of everyone, and speaking of folks in jail, we've got uh, 650 people have been charged. And I think uh, of those, 250 have pleaded guilty mm-hmm. or, or thereabouts. That's a significant number of people who have been charged uh, for this event. Um, and, and you mentioned earlier Chris Ray, the head of the FBI. Um, he He's called this a domestic terror act. Um and like I say, that's uh, that's pretty powerful words coming from someone in his position. Uh, lends a, an air of authority to that statement as well. Yeah, and it it, it is what allows um, you know the the full force of the law to be turned on um, American citizens, basically, because he has said this now. And you know now it's like well, you know how how much have we heard just over and over and over? My God, from CNN and mm-hmm. you know news networks, if you call that the news propagandists at CNN who will constantly tell you that, you know, that the biggest threat to, uh, to our domestic life is domestic terrorism from white supremacists and, and Republican voters. And it's just, what are you, it's just nuts. Yeah, exactly. Um, a lot of these people, um, have been held without bond and, and, um, are being held in solitary confinement. Um, they're, and they're not even being charged with a, you know, with a violent crime either. Mm -hmm. And, uh, one man who willingly turned himself in later committed suicide, uh, due to stress and trauma. And that was, uh, Matthew Perna. Yeah. And that, that was a darn shame because that happened not very soon before, Matt Martin was acquitted. Yeah. So, you know, here, this poor guy, you know, I I can't imagine the actions that his family is going to take against the FBI. And I hope that they get somewhere with it, because that's the thing, you know, like I said, the FBI being such a partisan force at this point, Mm -hmm. you know, it's hard to imagine that they're ever going to be held accountable for half of this stuff that they do now, you know, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, and then Jacob Chansley, which is the guy they call the QAnon shaman. And which is funny because I don't think he's actually like affiliated with QAnon. I don't think so. But, but they call him that because it's funny. And it's, you know, he's the guy that was walking around shirtless and with the horns on his head. Yeah. I saw that guy that day <laughs> walking down the street, which again, you know, I, I was just like, what the heck's wrong with this guy? It's cold out here. <laughs> exactly. He's it's, not wearing a shirt. I mean, that just seemed DC. odd to me. Yeah. <laughs> He seems like a crazy kind of a guy, but not uh, yeah, not crazy. Uh, not a violent crazy. Yeah, not type. a violent crazy. Just kind of like yeah. a, a different kind of crazy. But yeah, he's been sentenced to forty-one months. But the ridiculous thing is, he's he's charged with a few things. Uh, he's charged with civil disorder. He's charged with obstruction of an official proceeding. Entering and remaining in a restricted building, disorderly and disruptive conduct in a restricted building, mm-hmm. violent entry and disorderly conduct in a Capitol building, parading, demonstrating, or picketing in a Capitol building. Mm-hmm. None of which seem to me to be really um, offenses that... 
really warrant 41 months. And, and not only that, but especially the treatment of um, that, that he's receiving during those 41 months as well. And that's been something that I think it's a... I know at least Marjorie Taylor Greene and, and somebody else has been really mm-hmm. rallying a lot about the treatment of these uh, prisoners, um, that they're, they're not allowed to receive any, you, you can't speak to them, they don't get guests, they're in mm-hmm. solitary confinement. In this particular guy's case, um, it, they, they've, they've had reports about the tremendous toll it's taking on his mental state, and, um, and it's it's really quite abusive. And, you know, of course, I'm not one to normally um feel for criminals you know what i mean i'm not like a bleeding heart about criminals but it's just it's interesting to me because here in this day and age in what i call biden's america you know you've got criminals that are being released out onto the street after hours you know criminals that are you know just constantly being put back out there to reoffend 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 not keeping people like that in jail but this guy is in jail in solitary confinement for yeah. you know 4 years almost so and i mean and, and he was in jail for a long time held without um you know uh without any right to a speedy trial or anything so i mean like th- these people's constitutional rights are just no yeah, and that's that's one of my concerns about this that that I think was uh, was brought up as well in um, uh, the guy recently who was acquitted. He had mentioned something about about that and uh, about the Sixth Amendment and Eighth Amendment issues about you know right to right to a speedy trial, right to um, you know not have you know excessive, cruel, and unusual punishment. And mm-hmm. I think uh, both of those might apply for a lot of these cases. Yeah, um, you know, being held in solitary confinement for. You know, for a year before your trial, some people you know haven't have been in in uh, in jail for a year, still waiting a trial. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's certainly not a uh, a speedy yeah uh, speedy trial, um, especially for these charges, which seem like you know you might you might pay a fine, you may be some uh, community service like the you know the first couple of uh, grandmothers who were charged yeah, and, and everything. They yeah. got they got several hours of community service. Not forty-one months in prison. Yeah, um, and you know, is that cruel and unusual punishment to punish someone for you know almost four years? Uh, well, I guess by the time he gets out after forty-one months, it'll be over four years mm-hmm. if he's been in prison because mm-hmm. he's still been you know awaiting his trial. Yeah, in, in all jail. that time. I mean, his life will be pretty much over. Really. Yeah, exactly. And so, but, uh, so that's uh, you know that that there's some there's some issues there that, that yeah. I don't know whether many people are are. Um, are looking into really it, and and see that's the thing that's so unfortunate is I feel like that there's a there's a good population of our citizenry you know that is just believing whatever CNN and MSNBC and you know these other you know total left wing indoctrination kind of corporate media types are saying and they're mm-hmm. just like yes they're completely wrong they're getting what they deserve and they should rot in jail forever and how dare they do what they did and you know they i can't believe they would question these things and that that's not okay and so and, no. and that's we have to caution ourselves against just blindly following what the media will tell you about these things you have to question everything because we've already seen that things are not always what they seem. And I, and I think that'll take me a little bit into, well, well, I'll talk about Gretchen Whitmer for a second, and then we'll go to Ray Epps. Um, you know, so speaking of questioning things and, and, and not just believing everything for the face value that the corporate media tells you, mm-hmm. let's talk about the, the Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping plot. Oh, yes. There's, it seems like there's some interesting parallels here. Yeah. So, you know, uh, first of all, there was a, a group that stormed their state building 
oddly enough, you know, right before that plot happened. Mm-hmm. But then when, when the whole plot unfolded, it turns out that two-thirds of the people involved in that event were FBI informants. So mm-hmm. basically what it comes out to be in the Gretchen Whitmer plot, kidnapping plot, let's, let's think about it. The narrative there that they want you to believe is, Look at these crazy people that got so upset about the lockdowns and the state of emergency and the mask mandates and all of this stuff that they would go so far as to kidnap. She's a governor, right? She's a governor, yeah. Kidnap the governor of Michigan, you know? And so you're like, oh, wow, that's really taking it far. That's terrible, you know? Except then you find out that, oh, well, so it sounds like two-thirds of the people were actually working for the FBI and kind of like, you know, bamboozled this other third to get involved with it. So, uh, you know, my, my thought there is, if they could do that then, mm-hmm. then who's to say that they wouldn't have done the same thing with the January 6th insurrection plot? Yeah, that seems like a, a, a dress rehearsal for, yeah. for something bigger like the exactly. like January 6th and, plot. And so when we think about the people who have been thrown in jail and all of the people who have been made accountable for mm-hmm. this, what about the people who are not accountable? So how is it that this Ray Epps, you can talk about who is Ray Epps and, and how come he's out freely walking around and Horn's guy is in jail for four years? Yeah, well, actually, interestingly enough, back in the beginning, in the first couple of days, the FBI had Ray Epps on their on their wanted list. And then a few days later, then he was just kind of mysteriously disappeared. He was no longer on the list. Hmm. Um, but he wasn't captured. He wasn't. He wasn't arrested or anything like that. He just kind of disappeared off the list. Mm-hmm. Um, people well, people know about about him, about his background. Obviously, everybody knows his name. Um, he's been out there, seemingly coordinating the event. He was out there the night before, saying, "Hey, you know, let's let's storm the Capitol the next day." And and of course, everybody on the street was caught, you know, saying that he was an FBI plant and everything. Yeah, like and that. it was it was it's kind of interesting. I mean, you know, it almost made me. It, it, it's it's. I don't want to say it's funny, but you can't help but laugh at it a little bit when you're going back because he's here. He is. He's kind of a grandpa looking guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he's out there and, you know, and he's trying to that. That's the thing about these the plants and the people who are there to, quote, incite. You know, they incite. <laughs> and, you know, he's out there like, yeah, well, uh, you know, it, it's not going to be enough. We're, we're not going to be peaceful. We're going to we're going to get in that building. We're we're going into the Capitol. <laughs> and everybody around is like, no, no. And they're all like chanting fed 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 to this guy because you know it's like again that's that's what was so interesting and weird and you just were taken aback by the whole thing to be there and see it because you're like this isn't what's supposed to be happening like this insane surreal thing is like unfolding in front of you um and it's interesting because you know you got people like him that were trying to gin that up and then um Maxine Waters. Yes, when when she's out there and she says, when you see these people out in public and you see them eating at a restaurant or doing something on the street, you 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 form a crowd and you push back on them. Yeah. You know, that is incitement. That is. You know, and so again, these people they they they're, they're totally guilty of this very thing that they're trying to project onto another group of people. 
You know, and it's it's like, and we're just like sitting here watching it happen. Yeah, and Ray Epps is one of those guys. Yeah, and and uh, not only Ray Epps, but it seemed like he was working with uh, with a bunch of other people. It seemed like it wasn't just him out there acting alone, mm-hmm. and and these other people acting independently and spontaneously. It seemed like. There was a coordination issue. And I think they've looked into that to some degree, haven't they? Kind right. of checked into who was associated with him and, you know, what their uh, comings and goings were, the days leading up to the event and that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, we, uh, we, we, won't, we probably won't know anything officially about that. Um, um, I know the FBI said they found no evidence of a conspiracy. Of course not. Yeah. And but they also said there's no evidence that it was it was coordinated or pre-planned, uh, which was one of the um, one of the things that the uh, that the January 6th Commission was saying, or the one of the things that the narrative was was that this is all pre-planned by Trump supporters. That, mm-hmm. that, you know, and the FBI found no evidence of that. So yeah, well then there you have that. And, you know, so speaking of what the FBI found and, and, and what they didn't find or didn't look into, you know, that brings us to the commission, the January 6th commission that's been um, that's been started. Now, I mean, this is another thing where, you know, we have taken on this project of this podcast and everything else because it's an election year. And I think that I can speak for us both when I'm saying that we're very hopeful that we will be able to take back some power this year and be able to look into things like this a little bit more. There are many things that are being swept under the rug and being hidden behind partisan politics mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. that aren't being that aren't being looked at objectively. And so this would definitely be one that the commission was started in July 2021 to investigate the event. And it pretty much is full of a bunch of um, Trump hating uh, um, Democrats and a couple of uh, never Trump Republican rhino types. Yeah, exactly. So what do you know? Like, it, not exactly a couple, a, an objective crowd that's into it. And they, they specifically did not allow members to be in that yes. would have pro- that would have provided any kind of opposition. Right. Yeah. This is this is bipartisan in as much as there are Democrats and Republicans on it, but it is not bipartisan in as much as as you have uh, several different ideologies in there. Um, it's just it's it it is on paper yeah. uh, bipartisan, but uh, but everyone on there pretty much has the same uh, political I- ideology. Yeah. And it was the purpose of it, it was to investigate the facts of the events, including facts related to intelligence agencies dissemination of information, uh, their use of technology, and the operation of the Capitol Police, and to produce a report and recommendation so that basically this thing never happens again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, um, it's it's my understanding that, you know, because the committee was even, um, like, basically formed against its own principles uh, of bipartisan nature and all that kind of mm-hmm. thing, it's 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 hard to know whether anything will ever come of it. We could probably predict the outcome of what their um what their report's going to say. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody's going yeah. to listen to that or it's, take it seriously. It's funny because it's like so so Adam Kinzinger is going to tell me about <laughs> how this was uh, you know uh, impacting national security. You know, I mean, like the, the the people on this committee, like Liz Cheney. Yes, this is someone. That that I respect the opinion yeah, of, yeah. you know, and, and, and doesn't have uh, a whole laundry list of skeletons in the closet to, no. to you know, toe the line for. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous stuff. And that's that's what, um, again, brings us to be doing this project is that these kinds of things are completely absurd. 
Um, we see yep. that the FBI creates these issues. It, it looks like they're trying to, um, you know, condemn political opponents at any cost. And that's just a scary place for us to be in, in the United States of America. That's not supposed to be happening here. No, no. Um, so it, it's it's a scary time, and it's it's an important time. An interesting thought to leave you with is a quote from Viva Fry. He says, don't let the facts get in the way of a good narrative. Yep. And that's exactly what this is here. I mean, you know, the facts are unfolding in these court cases showing, well, hmm, looks like you were let in. Looks like you didn't actually do anything wrong. It seems like there might have been a little bit more to this. Those are facts now. They have been seen in a court of law. People are starting to be acquitted of their charges, etc. So that's that. But yet you see that the 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 corporate media is not letting go of it. So they know that they're they're pushing this narrative, whether it's true or not, whether the facts back up something else or not. With that, here to spread a little bit more news and information, always saying that the government is best when it's small. 